0: Chapter Two of The Dark Other. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dan Gurzinski. The Dark Other by Stanley G. Weinbaum. Chapter Two Science of Mind. "'She's out,' said Pat, as the massive form of Dr. Carl Horker loomed in the doorway. "'Your treatments must be successful. Mother's out playing bridge.' The doctor gave his deep, rumbling chuckle. "'So much the better, Pat. I don't feel professional, anyway,' he moved into the living room, depositing his bulk on the groaning Davenport. "'And how's yourself?' "'Too well to be a patient of yours,' retorted the girl.' "'Psychiatry, the new religion. "'Just between friends, it's all applesauce, isn't it?' "'If I weren't trying to act in place of your father, "'I'd resent that, young lady,' said the doctor placidly. "'Psychiatry is a definite science, and a pretty important one. "'Applied psychology, the science of the human mind.' "'If said mind exists,' added the girl, "'swinging her slim legs over the arm of a chair.' Correct, agreed the doctor. In my practice, I find occasional evidence that it does, or did. Your generation seems to have found substitutes. Which appears to work just as well, laughed Pat. All our troubles are more or less inherited from your generation. Touché, admitted Dr. Horker. But my generation also bequeathed you some solid values which you don't know how to use. They've been weighed and found wanting, said Pat airily. We're busy replacing them with our own values. Which are certainly no better. Maybe not, Doc, but at least they're ours. Yours and Tom Payne's. I can't see that you young moderns have brought any new ideas to the social scheme. New or not, we're the first ones to give them a try out. Your crowd took it out and talk that's an insult observed the doctor cheerfully if i weren't acting in loco parentis i know you give me a few licks in the spot popularly supposed to do the most good well that's part of a parent's privilege isn't it you've grown beyond the spanking age my dear physically if not mentally though i don't say the process would hurt me as much as you i doubtless enjoy it "'Then you might try sending me to bed without my dinner,' the girl laughed. "'That's a doctor's prerogative, Pat. I've even done that to your mother.' "'In other words, you're a complete flop as a parent, "'all the responsibilities and none of the privileges.' "'That expresses it. "'Well, you elected yourself, Doc. It's not my fault you happened to live next door.' "'No, it's my misfortune.' And I notice, remarked Pat wickedly, that you're not too thoroughly in loco to neglect sending mother a bill for services rendered. My dear girl, that's part of the treatment. So? And how? I furnish a bill just steep enough to keep your mother from indulging too frequently in medical services. Without that little practical check on her inclinations, she'd be a confirmed neurotic one of those sweet, resigned, professional invalids, you know. Then why not send her a bill tall enough to cure her altogether? She might change to psychoanalysis, or new thought, chuckled the doctor. Besides, your father wanted me to look after her, and, besides that, I like having the run of the house. Well, I'm sure I don't mind, observed Pat. We've a dog and a canary bird, too. You're in fine fettle this afternoon, laughed her companion. Must have been a successful date last night. It was. Her eyes turned suddenly dreamy. You're in love again, Pat, he accused. Again? Why the again? Well, there was Billy and that Paul. Oh, those, her tone was contemptuous. Merely passing fancies, Doc. Just whims, dreams of the moment. In other words, puppy love. And this, I suppose this is different? A grand passion? I don't know, she said, frowning abruptly. He's nice, but odd. Attractive as, well, as the devil. Odd? How? Oh, he's one of those minds you think we moderns lack. Intellectual, eh? New variety for you, out of the usual run of your dancing collegiates. I've often suspected that you picked your swains by the length and lowness of their cars. Maybe I did. That was one of the chief differences between them. How'd you meet this mental paragon? Billy Fields dragged him around to one of those literary evenings he affects, where they read Oscar Wilde and Eugene O'Neill aloud. Bill met him at the library. "'And he outshone all the local lights, I perceive?' "'He surely did,' retorted Pat. "'And he hardly said a word the whole evening. "'He wouldn't have to, if they're all like Billy. "'What's this prodigy's specialty?' "'He writes, I think. "'Laugh if you want to. "'I think perhaps he's a genius.' "'Well,' said Dr. Horker, "'even that's possible.' It's been known to occur, but rarely, to my knowledge, in your generation. Oh, we're just dimmed by the glare of brilliance from yours, she swung her legs to the floor, facing the doctor. Do you psychiatrists actually know anything about love? she queried. We're supposed to. What is it, then? Just a device of natures for perpetuating the species. Some organisms manage without it and do pretty well. Yes, I've heard references to the poor fish. Then they're inaccurate. Fish have primitive symptoms of eroticism, but below the vertebrates. Notably in the amoeba, I don't recall any amorous habits. Then your definition doesn't explain a thing, does it? Not to one of the victims, perhaps. Anyway, said Pat decisively, I've heard of the old biological urge before your kind analysis. It doesn't begin to explain why one should be attracted to this person and repelled by that one, does it? No, but Freud does, the famous Oedipus complex. That's the love of son for mother or daughter for father, isn't it? And I don't see how that clears up anything. For example, I can just barely remember my father. That's plenty. "'It could be some little trait in these swains of yours, "'some unimportant mannerism that recalls that memory. "'Or there's that portrait of him in the hall, "'the one under the mellow red light. "'It might happen that you'd see one of those chaps "'under a similar light, in some attitude that brings the picture to mind, "'or a hundred other possibilities.' "'Doesn't sound entirely convincing,' objected Pat "'with a thoughtful frown.' Well, submit to the proper treatments, and I'll tell you exactly what caused each and every one of your little passing fancies. You can't expect me to hit a first guess. Thanks, no. That's one of these courses where you tell the doctor all your secrets, and I prefer to keep what few I have. Good judgment, Pat. By the way, you said this chap was odd. Does that mean merely that he writes? I've known perfectly normal people who wrote. "'No,' she said, "'it isn't that. "'It's—he's so sweet and gentle and manageable most of the time, "'but sometimes he has such a thrilling spark of mastery "'that it almost scares me. "'It's puzzling but fascinating if you grasp my import.' "'Huh. "'He's probably a naturally selfish fellow "'who's putting on a good show of gentleness for your benefit.' Those flashes of tyranny are probably his real character in moment of forgetfulness. You doctors can explain anything, can't you? That's our business. It's what we're paid for. Well, you're wrong this time. I know Nick well enough to know if he's acting. His personality is just what I said. Gentle, sensitive, and yet it's perplexing. And that's a good part of his charm. Then it's not such a good case you've got, mocked the doctor. When you're cool enough to analyze your own feelings and dissect the elements of the chap's attraction, you're not in any danger. Danger? I can look out for myself, thanks. That's one thing we mindless moderns learn young, and don't let me catch you puttering around in my romances. In loco parentis, or just plain loco. You'll get the licking instead of me. Believe me, Pat, if I wanted to experiment with affairs of the heart, I'd not pick a spitfire like you as the subject. Well, Dr. Carl, you're warned. This Nick, observed the doctor, must be quite a fellow to get the princess of the north side so head up. What's the rest of his cognomen? Nicholas Divine. Romantic, isn't it? "'Divine?' muttered Horker. "'I don't know any Divines. "'Who are his people?' "'Hasn't any. "'How does he live? "'By his writing?' "'Don't know. "'I gather that he lives on some income "'left by his parents. "'What's the difference, anyway?' "'None. "'None at all,' the other wrinkled his brows thoughtfully. "'There was a colleague of mine, "'a Dr. Divine, died a good many years ago. "'Reputation wasn't anything to brag about.' was a little off-balance mentally. "'Well, Nick isn't,' snapped Pat with some asperity. "'I'd like to meet him. "'He's coming over tonight.' "'So am I. "'I want to see your mother,' he rose ponderously. "'If she's not playing bridge again.' "'Well, look him over,' retorted Pat. "'And I think your knowledge of love is a decided flop. "'I think you're woefully ignorant on the subject.' Why is that? If you'd known anything about it, you could have married mother some time during the last seventeen years. Lord knows you've tried, and all you've attained is the state of in loco parentis instead of perens. End of chapter 2